Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. You have asked and I listened. I am so excited to announce the upcoming Rising Leaders Collective Membership Community. This will include bi-weekly support as you learn to own and stand on your story in a supportive collaborative space. Do you want to become a published author, a podcaster, or a business owner? Then this is the space for you. Be the first to know all the details as they are released. You do not want to miss out. Drop your email in the link below in the show notes. I am so excited to support you and bring this vision to life. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Julie Costa. Julie is a business coach and hypnotherapist and one of my very good friends from the virtual space. We have never met in person, which is the beautiful thing about this virtual space. And I was so excited to bring Julie on to the show today. We dive into all kinds of things about programming, reprogramming, subconscious reprogramming, NLP, techniques, hypnosis, healing, what that healing journey looks like, how to build an aligned business, and how that when we have trauma challenges in our life, we tend to bury that and keep pushing through. And eventually it finds its way to the surface and healing that allows us to only further grow and expand in our own business. So here's Julie's bio from personal trainer, group fitness instructor to being fired from a 10 year corporate career. Julie is a business coach and certified clinical hypnotherapist, helping women entrepreneurs grow their businesses through aligned business strategy, social media visibility, and mindset mastery so that you can show up, stand out, and sell out. And that is essentially what she's doing. She combines all of the things in her her toolbox to help you in growing your business in the most beautifully aligned way. And I so resonate with all of this. So I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. Welcome to the show today, Julie. I'm so excited to finally have you here. I know. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here too. Well, can you tell everybody where you're from? Yeah. So I live in Newburyport, Massachusetts, which is about 45 minutes north of Boston. Beautiful. Beautiful. For anybody um, who doesn't know, you and I have connected. We've never met in person. We have multiple groups, right? Multiple Facebook Mm -hmm. groups, programs, all of the things. A lot. Like I think the very first one was Empower. I think so. With Jess uh, and then Transcend Academy. And then I know there's been a lot of smaller groups as well too, but I feel like I've known you for years. And the fact that we've never met in person is like wild to me. (laughs) This is the beautiful thing about the online space that I don't think people really embrace or understand is that like there are incredible people everywhere and you will find connect and with the people that you're meant to when you start to actually show up and allow yourselves to be seen. Agreed. Agreed. 
Yeah. So we, you have quite the story. You have multiple parts of your story. I just want to dive into who you are today. Let's go there. Like, who are you today? And then we're going to dive backwards from there. Well, that's a really great question. Cause I feel like I'm constantly exploring that, but where I've landed today is I'm a business coach and a hypnotherapist, and I do help women entrepreneurs specifically to grow their businesses through aligned business strategy, social media visibility, and mindset mastery, specifically hypnosis. Uh, I've definitely taken a lot of twists and turns, but that is where I've landed, and it really lights me up and gets me excited. You can see that actually. I can see that from you <laughs> is how much you love that. And I love a couple of things that you said there because I have, I mean, you and I have had many, many voice notes in the DMs. We go back and forth on a regular basis <laughs> and I love it. Like, absolutely love it. If you are not in a space of having like cheerleaders in your DMs, you need to reach out and allow yourself to do that more because there's incredible people everywhere. You said something, you are so knowledgeable in the business background as far as like how to show up on social media and do Mm -hmm. the things. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but you said one word when you described it there and that's aligned. Did you say aligned business? Aligned business strategy. Yes. Okay. So what does aligned business strategy mean? That's a really good question. So before I would always just say, I'm really good at business strategy, strategy, strategy is my jam. And what I've certainly learned over the past couple of years is I think when we work with different coaches and I know I have been here and I have done this and I don't know if you have as well, oh, yeah. but when I've worked with different coaches and been in different programs, it's almost like I'm like seeing their strategy and what they're doing and trying to implement in my business. And it just doesn't work. And it doesn't work because it's their strategy for their business. Mm -hmm. Not to say that like little bits and pieces aren't helpful, but when I say aligned business strategy, A, it has to feel good for you at the end of the day. Like there's no use doing something that doesn't feel good for you. Mm -hmm. And I always ask my clients that like, they'll ask me, Hey, like, should we do this? And I was voxering with two of them yesterday. And I was like, does it, does it feel good for you? Like that, like, that's what you need to think of. So like, does it feel good? And like, does it work for your business? Okay. So I think that that's fantastic because in the world of social media right now, it's a beautiful time to build a business because you can do it all online. It's also a difficult time to build a business. If you're not allowing yourself to work in alignment, to show up and be authentic for people to see you, because we all know that if I try and adopt your strategy, that's not my voice and yeah. it won't land with the people that I meant to support. But we all get stuck on that hamster wheel of like, but she's doing it this way and it's really working. Like she's killing it over here. So that must be it. Oh yeah. I've been there. I've taken, again, always a learner, always a student taken many courses, many programs to think, well, I just need to find that like special sauce strategy mm-hmm. and it's going to work for me and it's going to like blow my business out of the water. And that that's not it at all. There are so many amazing people I have learned from, but at the end of the day, it has to be a strategy that feels good for me. And I think that's why <laughs> I say I'm constantly figuring out like who I am or like where I've landed today. It's because I thought I needed to fit inside a box Mm-hmm. And I actually do many things and I'm actually embracing the fact that I kind of do many things at this point. You do like you are, you are still working full time. You are working yes. remotely. You are building your own business online and you are still like sharpening your tools, adding to your, your tool kit, your toolbox and continuing to work on your master practitioner in NLP. 
Yes. So many so, things. It's a lot of different things. How did, and explain to us what NLP is and how did that change your business strategy? Oh, that's a good question. So I joined Transcend Academy, which specializes in, well, it's a sort of, it's a board recognized certification program that we've both gone through together. And so we got certified in six different certifications, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. A lot of it has to do with like communication, uh, EFT. So tapping hypnosis, time techniques, life and success coaching. <laughs> I know I usually do too. Um, I had no idea going into that program, like what, what I was doing and why I was signing up. I just felt this nudge and I, li- I listened and I leaned in. And so how it's actually shifted my business is one. And I feel like I was talking about this the other day online. It allowed me the space and what I actually really loved about it. It allowed me the space to first experience these tools and modalities for myself so that I could experience them. I could, I like to say heal. So like I could heal certain parts because your business will grow to the extent that you grow personally. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with healing, which I wasn't focused on for a very long time. I was just focused on like strategy. No, I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. But what I walked away from and what NLP supported me with my business was the healing the reprogramming, all the limiting beliefs that I had about growing a business so that I could hold space to actually step into like who I knew I could be to run a business. That's so good. And as a person who like you, I can, I can relate has really searched for what's the right strategy. It's amazing. We hear it all the time. Your business will only grow to the extent that you grow yourself. And I think we say it all the time, but I don't know if we actually listen to the words of it. Yeah. And that means that if there is something that we have to heal ourselves through and give ourselves space to heal, that that allows us to continue to step forward and grow our own business. So I, I love that you've shared that and explain what that is. Can you explain how many times in your life, like you've kind of had to go back through and, and really work through healing processes, like really work through. Yeah. You went through something at a very young age that is definitely challenging for any child to go through. Um, You can share as much as you'd like. I would love it if you just share part of that story. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm very open book. So I had, I have a younger brother and a sister, so I'm the oldest. And at the age of 10 years old, I was 10 at the time. My sister was eight and my brother was five. We unexpectedly lost our mom in a car accident, not, not a drunk driver. Cause that's what everybody just kind of assumes it was winter. It was January and she was out with a friend and she slipped on black ice and hit a tree. And luckily her, her friend had lived, but we experienced that tragedy at such a young age. Like my mom was only 35. So young. So young. And so I know when I turned 35 and even like 36, it became really weird. Cause I'm like, wow, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm surpassing how long my mom lived, which is kind of weird. So there was navigating that. And at the, at the time my parents were separated. So my dad had a girlfriend and my mom had, my mom had a boyfriend, my dad's girlfriend. She was in the picture like immediately. And (laughs) a daughter 10 years old who like just lost her mom. Like that was like not okay. And like did not fly in my book, which nothing wrong with her. She is an amazing woman. And my dad ultimately married her and they're still together. Mm -hmm. 
So beautiful story. I had a really hard time and I was the type of person and child that swept all my emotions under the rug. So my, my family had no idea like how I was feeling. And I think it was, it was actually just the beginning of this year. My, my dad even shared with me, he was like, your sister was really emotional. And so like, we knew she needed support. He's like, you didn't show any emotion. So we thought you were okay. When I was actually the one that needed it the most. And when I was, I think I was 15 or 16 years old. My dad and I are very much alike. We are very stubborn. And he was, he was very strict. Now that I look back, he was doing the best that he could to raise Mm -hmm. three kids on his own. And, um, he, he, we were just really stubborn and we didn't get along. And so I had stayed out late a couple nights. And when I say late, <laughs> our curfew was 9 PM. And I think I came home at like 9 15, but that's a big deal to my dad. So mm-hmm. I don't mean like I was coming home at like 2 AM. It was like 9 15. And I was at my boyfriend at the time, his house, because his mother was like a mother figure to me. So I really enjoyed going there after school and doing homework and she would cook us dinner. Like it was almost getting that nurture that I needed. And so I came home a a couple of times late. And so my dad ultimately ended up uh, throwing me out of the house. So he kicked me out and I went on to live with my aunt, my mom's sister, and we had to go to court. So she got custody of me um, so that my dad could not. And there was a lot of fighting. There was, there was a lot of drama between the family Um, and then I went to college and it wasn't until, oh my God, in my mid twenties, I think my dad and I started, um, like talking again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that because I remember you sharing part of that story early last year and it was just like, oh wow. Like I, and I think because you, two things I related so much to, your family saying, but you seemed like the strong one that you didn't mm-hmm. need support, which we all know, we all know, right? Like it's, it's not okay to not feel it's yeah. not, it eventually our emotions come out and express themselves in some way, shape or form. And our bodies are just like, that's enough. So, but that's a very common misconception when you hear how people do need help and people say, I had no idea they were struggling because they just didn't show yeah. it but trapping that emotion down over and over. And that's a lot on the body. That's a lot on the body. And so not just emotionally, did you feel like, did you, knowing what you know now, did you basically have trapped like emotions, trauma experience that you held on to? Oh, I had a lot. Um, I tried going to therapy when I was younger, but it just didn't, it didn't work for me. Later in life, I did find different modalities that worked, but I will share, I think it was my early twenties. And ironically, it was the same time I started talking to my dad again. I remember because I just started working at Lululemon at the time and I had stomach issues, like really, like my stomach would be like extended. Like it would look like I was almost full-term pregnant, Mm. hard as a rock, um, And I had to have uh, like endoscopies, colonoscopies just to figure out like what was going on. But that was a lot of, I think, stored trauma because at the end of the day, when I got test results back, I think they were just like, oh, it's diverticulitis or diverticulosis and wanted to me, wanted me to go on meds, but I didn't. And it cured itself, Mm -hmm. which is weird. But yeah, there was definitely, I keep a lot in my shoulders Mm -hmm. and my hips. 
for sure. I hold a lot in and I've just always been, I don't know. I think it was just like at that young age, I like had to be stronger for my brother and my sister. Yep. And my dad and I had a rocky relationship. So I just had to like keep everything, like hide it. And I mean, being a woman, like going through puberty, Mm -hmm. like I would also like when I was younger, like getting my period, like I had to hide it. I hid it from Mm -hmm. people until they, they eventually like found out, but like, I hid it from my dad. I hid it from like my mom's side of the family. Very alone. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do without a mom. Mm -hmm. And I can hear, like, you can hear the experience of like hiding, pushing Mm -hmm. all of those things. And that just continues to trap and boil, like almost create this pressure cooker that happens. So where was the turning point for you on that process? As you went through that, what was the turning point for you? Oh, that's a really good question. I'd say the turning point with my dad was, it's funny, I was working at Lululemon and they didn't make you, but they had offered to attend. I don't know if you're familiar with Landmark or Landmark Forum. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was um, part of something they'd like really want and like if you're on the leadership team to go to and they would pay for it. And I did, I went to that and I went to advanced and it was in the advanced. I believe I was working at our Miami store at the time. And there was some part of it where you had to like call someone and like, say you were sorry. And I remember I called my dad and I talked to my stepmom because I, I was really hard on my stepmom. Like I wouldn't even give her a chance Mm -hmm. at all. And I remember that was a big turning point just to have that conversation and just say, even though like I was a child and I felt like I deserved and I'm sorry, that was a big turning point for our relationship for sure. And then in terms of, to be really honest, in terms of my own healing with grief turning point was probably in the last three years. Mm -hmm. Very like recent. And I'm almost 42. Thank you for sharing that honestly, because I think that this is the, this is the thing is, is that we're finding how, you know, we carry things for so long. And it's interesting because, you know, I mean, lots of people will blame their parents for where, their life has gone. I'm not saying you did, but that's what a lot of people will do. But there comes a point where we're like, okay, we have to move through because it's not helping us to hold on to these emotions. Like it's not serving us in any way. In fact, it's actually hindering us. Oh, and it did big time. And when I say in the past couple of years, I mean, I've done, I've done talk therapy there. It just came to a point where it wasn't doing much for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't almost like know what to share anymore on calls but it was through like energy work. Energy work was really big for me. These modalities through Transcend Academies, like time techniques and hypnosis were really huge for me. And I also worked with this other woman. I think we worked together for six months where it was a lot of, it's it's like really wild and hard for me to describe what she does, but she's a nurse practitioner, but like a holistic nurse. And she does a lot of energy work. And we worked a lot of inner child healing, blend of masculine, feminine energy, because that's, I mean, I was so heavy in masculine energy because I would suppress all the feminine stuff. Hence why we relate to each other. So many, one of the like dozens of reasons, but yes. Yeah. And I'll share too, like, it's, I always share this with people, like it's a journey. Like I was literally also on the couch last night, finishing watching like a Netflix documentary and I was bawling my eyes out because I miss my mom. I think this is the- yeah. But this is the, it is a journey. Thank you for saying that because it's not like, as we continue to heal, we will have times where it's like, that. like, where did that come from? Like, I don't even understand. I'll be watching something 
it could be a cop drama. And all of a sudden the tears will start. And I'm like, what in the world did that come from? But when it comes out, I believe like that. I think that's our subconscious brain going, okay, no more, please, no more. Like, let go of this. I don't want to hold on to it. And again, going back to, it's so interesting that like we use those masculine techniques for so long because that's how we survive. But eventually there comes a point that it will only take us so far. Like in order to get to the next, to whatever that next stage is, and with more ease, we have to start to embrace other sides of ourselves. Yes. And one thing I was doing, which many people can probably relate to, is I was just, like, I always had something on my list. I was always going, I was always doing, and I was always going and always doing so that I actually couldn't, like, feel. Say that again, because there is somebody who needs to hear that message again. I guarantee it. Yeah, I was definitely uh, 20s, 30s. I uh, was always going. I was always doing so that I didn't have to feel. Yeah, that's it. And you can you can avoid it for a while, but eventually you can't. And so as you start to do these techniques and this work, I love how it's almost like life directed you there, not having a clue what it was. Because like you, I signed up for Transcend Academy, not a clue. I'm like, oh, I heard not that before. I don't even know what it is. And there's an example. We love you, Rachel. There's an example of, I loved who Rachel was. I love what she was doing. I love what she, Rachel Joy is the founder of Transcend Academy. But I love what she was doing. I loved how she showed up. I loved who she was. So that no like and trust was what drew me in. Didn't have a clue what I was learning. And I think we even had conversations in the beginning. I'm like, I don't even know what this stuff is. Like, are you following this? Are you getting it? Do you get it? And it's like, it, it was such an eye opener and such a learning curve. But it's interesting that life directed you into, directed us into mm-hmm. that method, modality of healing. And then that helped you to continue to heal yourself. Yeah, it was wild. I remember too, because I was in a mastermind and Rachel was my one-on-one coach in there. Right? Same. It was the same. I know we've been in so many programs together. It's wild. There was like a hundred people in that program, in that mastermind. And there might've been like half a dozen one-on-one coaches. We each got a one-on-one coach. Rachel was my one-on-one coach. She was your one-on-one coach. Yep. And it was just through that. I, I really loved her. And I specifically remember I was considering, well, I was considering joining Transcend Academy before, but I already invested in the mastermind. So I was like, not now. And then I remember talk to my mom and this was actually a big shift for me. I would always get so mad that I couldn't see signs and I couldn't see signs. I actually wasn't open. I wasn't ready to receive them. And I remember I had like a psychic, like medium appointment with somebody I know and that actually shifted a lot for me too. And that was actually just like a year ago. And it was like around this time or whenever I joined. And I remember I was like talking to my mom in my head and I was like, I just like really need you to give me a sign. Like if I'm meant to do this program, but I was like, but I need it to be like a really specific in your face sign. Like, cause I just don't do these flyby signs. Like I'm just not oblivious to them. And so like a, like a butterfly is, is a white butterfly is her sign and the number 17. So we were, my boyfriend and I were out to eat. There was like a TV screen on, there was a football game. And as I said it, a guy in a Jersey at the number 17, like came right in front of the screen. But I was like, of course, I'm like, well, it's not obvious enough. So then I went home and I started watching reruns of Shit's Creek and Moira, <laughs> the mom, this is, this one like cracks me up. She was like, she goes, a white 
butterfly. <laughs> like, just like that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll sign up. <laughs> this is, and I, I love how it was like, okay, give me a sign. But it's got to be really good. I don't know if I'm ready to see it. I don't know if it's like, we still try and micromanage the whole process. Oh, oh absolutely. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, listen. So I took it as a sign. My mom was saying, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love how you went through that healing process. And I take it back to like the message of this show is like, own your choices on your life. When you hit a point of ownership of your own like choices, actions, reactions, decisions is when your life can actually really change. And that is the opposite of blame, anger, resentment, comparison, all of the energies, which we've all as humans, let's be real. We've all been in all aspects of it. But when you started to heal yourself and that really started to change, then a lot of other things in your life started to change. Oh, absolutely. And I think the the biggest thing for me was the shift in my relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. because I held on to a lot of anger, blame, resentment. And I'll share like our relationship has been rocky. It, it's, it's pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. But like one thing, this was probably not that long ago, to be honest, maybe like five, 10 years ago, like he had shared that he had paid for college for my sister and my brother but he didn't pay for college for me. And we were in a heated argument and that was like really thrown in my face. Meanwhile, I had been like drowning. If anyone has student loan debt, drowning in student loan debt. And I had cried to him like so many times, like like years ago. And so I had, I had a lot of resentment for that because like, I always felt like the black sheep of the family and like that just validated it even more for me. So using these modalities like really allowed me to let go of those feelings and specifically with with time techniques like release the emotional charge so that our conversations weren't heated mm-hmm. and now the whole family is going to surprise him for his birthday in Florida in December I love that I love yeah. that and like the beautiful ripple of that healing and what it does in our personal lives which then will start to reflect in our business. So as I watch you now, like it's, it wasn't an automatic, like this is aligned business. I think you've, I've watched you allow yourself to navigate and grow and what feels good. What brings me joy? What do I like doing and has brought you more to the place that we are now? Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Cause I mean, I had, I had a group coaching program and it's funny cause I, I did feel like it's somewhat mirrored Jess is in power, mm-hmm. even though it was like different and it was my spin, it still kind of felt like that a little bit. And when I wrapped up my fourth round, maybe it was June that wrapped up. I like knew in my gut that I wasn't going to relaunch it. And I felt like if I was going to, it was only going to be from like an income standpoint mm-hmm. and that didn't feel good. And so to me, like that's aligned business strategy, like knowing like in your gut, Hey, this like doesn't feel right. And you you might need to change things around. And I did like, I actually started focusing like Instagram intensive sessions. Cause so many people were asking about social media. So it's actually another thing, like actually like listen to things that people are asking you and like take action. Cause when I was like, Oh wait, why have the last 10 people reached out to me? It's like, Oh, it's social media. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So focusing on that and hypnotherapy sessions. I love it. I love it. And do you work with now a lot of I'm going to say more female entrepreneurs who are trying to, or working to grow their business. Is that who you work with mostly? 
Yeah, I'd say definitely more female entrepreneurs. I do have a male client right now, but my, I mean, my target community is, it's always been mainly women entrepreneurs. So as you do that now, you're navigating like and growing this new side of your business, liking what you're doing. And yes, I have seen, I have done your hypnosis. I love that. It's so good. Honestly, I, it's taken me a long time to work on hypnosis and not fall asleep, to be honest. Same. But it's okay if you do. Yeah, it's still okay. I actually, most nights, I still go to sleep to Rachel's voice. <laughs> I do, because she's got a couple of really good ones there that I listen yep. to. But I do, and I will listen to The other day, I actually listened to it while I was sitting up. And I was like, oh, there's like, actually, I actually fall asleep a lot earlier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do it too. I'll usually listen to mine in the morning. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll wake up like earlier. And I'll just have it on and I might go back to sleep and it's okay. But I'm like, okay, I'm already in bed. I'm all, I'm already lying down and I'll just like, listen to it. So can you tell everyone what, like, what's the benefit of hypnosis and why does it work? Really good question. So I'll, I'm going to share personal experience. So how I used to be, let me backtrack a little bit. So I have a full-time job while I'm building my business. And when COVID hit, immediately my mindset was, and this was, this was before I joined Transcend Academy. My mindset was, okay, great. I have all this time to work home. I need to learn more. I need to do this. I need to implement this. I need to do all these things so that I can grow my business. And I always thought it was like a new strategy I needed. I needed to do this. I needed to do that. And my mindset was like seeing all these other business owners online. I was like, well, why are they having so much success? And I'm not. And that's all I focused on. I focused on like, I just need to learn. I just need to do this. And like, why are they having success? And I'm not. And once we get trapped in that mindset, it's like crippling for our business. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what was happening to me. And granted, I had some shifts in my business, like closed doors to some things, open doors to some things. But what hypnotherapy can do is with those like limiting beliefs of like, let's say comparison to somebody else, like supporting you in that, but also like because I, I pair it with time techniques also kind of identifying the root cause of like, maybe where that stemmed from and like releasing that subconsciously. So there's like working on limiting beliefs of like, which the biggest ones are, I'm not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Like I'm not lovable. So thinking about all the limiting beliefs you can have as a business owner and money mindset fear of success, not even just fear of failure, but fear of success for a lot of people. What hypnotherapy allows you to do is it allows you to get to a really relaxed state so that you can remove that critical faculty so that your subconscious is open to receiving new suggestions. Mm. And those new suggestions could be more confidence in showing up online to share your message on social media. That suggestion could be more focus and clarity for building your business, or it could be a money mindset, mm-hmm. whatever it is. How I like to share it with people is typically from what did they say, like zero to eight years old, everything you take in is subconscious. So if you grew up with a family that was always saying like, Hey, like money's really tight. We can't afford certain things. Or like, you need to work really hard. That's ingrained subconsciously. So as you build and grow a business, that's all you're going to think. So you need to constantly think, well, I need to hustle. I need to work hard to make money. It's not going to come easy. Like it's going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. And you can actually with hypnotherapy, go in and rewire those thoughts so that it does feel easier. It can feel like more flow. 
I, that is such a great explanation. And yes, I feel very called out in your, <laughs> in a good way. I honestly sense of humor in a good way is, and that's, this is the thing because when I first started to do work on myself, one of the things that people kept coming up with is you need to say your affirmations. You need to say your gratitudes. And I kept doing it. I'm like, nothing is happening. It's not because it wasn't like, you actually have to go in. And I, I like to call that subconscious mind, the, the iceberg, the bottom of the iceberg, yes. like you have to go in and break it up. Like you have to go in and break up where you are holding on to those beliefs. And I think that has been such a powerful process because for me, it was like, it's just not working. Maybe it's me. Like, maybe I can't do it this way. I think now as I do like the gratitudes, the affirmations and things now, I still don't do a ton of them because I, this is not how my brain is wired, but when I do, I can feel them hit differently. Like I can believe them. Whereas before they were just trying to stand there and say these words and hope that they landed in my body. I'm the same, I'm the same way. And even so many people would be like, well, you need to journal. And I'm like, not a journaler. Uh And I was like, what am I going to journal about? Like, great. You can give me journal prompts, but like, that's not, and, and there's like nothing wrong with, with journaling. I want to share that. I'm just not a journaler and it doesn't get to the root of like a subconscious block. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's great paired with, Yes, but it just, it just wasn't that in affirmations. Like it wasn't working for me. No, it wasn't working at all for me. And I love that you said that because I think sometimes when your gurus or the people that you work with or follow are telling you to do X, Y, and Z, and you're doing them and it's not working, then all of a sudden it becomes, well, I guess this isn't for me when it's just not the right method. And, and that's something that I have found really helpful through learning these tools and techniques. And I'm like, literally just looking, it's just getting started. And that's also like alignment too, right? It doesn't mean that hypnosis will be the end all be all for you. And it, it just because like journaling isn't the end all be all for me, it may work for someone else. So I think that's, it's feeling aligned with like things that work for you. And just because something works for me, doesn't mean it may work for you. And something works for you doesn't mean it'll work for me. So Mm -hmm. like being in alignment and finding what does. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so you said it earlier, but I want to just recap the ideal person who can benefit from what you are providing as well as like helping them in their life and business. Mm-hmm. Who is that person? Yes. I definitely say I always share women entrepreneurs and business owners, entrepreneurs, business owners who are either just starting out or been in business for a couple of years it's funny because I do attract a lot of brick and mortars at the same time, which is ironic. So not just online, but brick and mortars. I really support with aligned business strategy, specifically around like creating new offers, courses, programs, memberships, restructuring, like what your business model currently looks like and social media visibility. I don't talk about it a lot because a lot of people don't know they need it yet. Women don't know they need it yet is the mindset piece. Mm-hmm. Because especially if, I mean, I didn't know this just starting out, like when you're just starting out, you're just focused on the, how to get there and the strategy. And you don't think the mindset's really that important. So I will also tie in the subconscious reprogramming. So when people work one-on-one with me, that's a part of it, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that that's so good because you can't muscle your way. Like you can try and you can do it for a long time. 
but it will only take you so far. Like it will only take you so far. And there seems to be this whole surge of a lot of different female entrepreneurs that I have crossed paths with, including yourself, who have very much lived in their masculine for a long time and Mm -hmm. questioned it and all the things. And it got us so far, but then there's the wall that we hit. And it's like, this isn't working anymore. Like, why is this not working? Because those skills will take us so far. And then we need to learn new skills to continue to take us past that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's why I get really excited. Like most of my content is around business strategy and social media. In the beginning, I was explaining a lot and sharing a lot about hypnosis. And I think people have gotten more familiar And I do have offerings, whether it's like hypnotherapy sessions, again, it's part of my coaching and I'm creating some like hypnosis bundles for entrepreneurs. But I think like my ideal client, they, they don't necessarily know they need that just yet. I think that that's awesome. And it's, they might be open to looking or knowing their way isn't working, but they don't know what they need yet, which is a lot of us. Yeah. Cause I'll share, I have a client that's actually two, two women because they co-own a business together. And as part of our coaching, they each get a hypnosis session Mm -hmm. and like, we've almost wrapped up the first coaching package and they haven't scheduled their hypnosis session because they like, they're more focused on the strategy because they don't know how much the hypnosis can support them yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, so that's why I will like always put that in my coaching because if they don't know they need it yet, they may not be inclined to just like choose and say, yes, I'm going to do that. That is so good. Thank you for sharing that. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Definitely Instagram for sure. Like julie.m.costa. My DMs are always open and I have, oh, I have a free link to download a free hypnosis for anxiety and stress release on there as well. We will make sure that that is in the show notes. And I did listen to that. It's fantastic. Like absolutely love, absolutely love it. I love it. It's yeah. So, so good. A couple quick questions for you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Ooh lesson in life. Oh, geez. I feel like there's so many. This one always stumps people, but it's like, it's, I know. I know and at least you guys know that first. you didn't give it to me beforehand. Oh yeah. No, I never did. <laughs> I, I think it would be like, don't be afraid of failure and failure. It really isn't anything. We give it this really huge meaning when all it does is like, it's a learning itself so that we can change pivot and shift for the future. I love it. I always go back to that. Nothing. The story only has the meaning we give it. Yeah. And so if I give it this massive, elaborate, stressful meaning, then that's what my body takes on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I can look at certain things and I was fired from a 10 year career that I loved. I can look at that. I was mortified, absolutely mortified when that happened, but it ended up being the biggest blessing in disguise. And then I can look at my first business. It was a community networking group and a membership. And I closed doors to that beginning of this year. And at first I felt like a failure, but it's, it's like what you said, like, it's only the definition and story that we give to it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the one thing that, because we've, we've kind of come so parallel in the last couple of years is that, you know, when, when the pandemic happened, a lot of us had to pivot really fast and figure it out. And we were learning and diving in a lot of masculine energy, like a lot, because it's like, we had to, God, it was all masculine. It was a lot. Exhausting. And, but then we had to keep pivoting and keep pivoting and trying. And then all of a sudden, I think what I'm starting to understand more and more of is like what worked last year, isn't necessarily working this year. 
And no. No. so we have to sh- keep shifting and allowing ourselves to grow through that. It doesn't mean that we failed. It means that that worked last year and something different is working this year. I so agree with that. And it's funny because I have one of like my male client is getting ready to shut the doors to his brick and mortar fitness studio. And there's almost some, like, I think at the very, at the very beginning, when people were doing that, there was that failure associated with it. Yes. And now I feel like it's just like, it's common, not common from a, a place of like, oh, they couldn't make it succeed, but of like a common in terms of like, they're doing the best thing that they need to do right now for themselves and their business. Yes. And it might be more like a better personal decision. And I don't think as many people are looking at things as failures. They're just like, oh, good for them. I, I can't even tell you how many times I have heard in the past couple of months a business shutting down. And I almost feel this like empathetic. I feel so badly for them because they fought so hard this last year and a half. And I feel badly for them. They're doing the best that they can. I know some businesses that actually shut it down in March of 2020, April of 2020. And people are like, can you even believe that they're doing? I'm like, no, they're probably looking at their situation and going, okay, I am not in a space of being able to manage this business with the way it is. So I, I kept trying, I keep trying to look at it and go, that's they're doing the best they can with what they have. And this is actually another lesson too. You're allowed to change and shift and pivot at any moment at any time. And if you just did it two months ago, guess what? You can do it again. Mm, I love that. That goes really well with the reel that I saw you created because you're really good with reels, but you created that. And it just talked about the permission to give ourselves to pivot, to change, to grow, to listen to what works, because as we continue to grow and evolve what we offer and what we do, it it, it can be different in a few months time. Oh my God. It's so kind. And I I think this past almost two years, wild has, oh my God, two years has certainly taught us that. A lot of what I talk about is how life changed when I learned how to like own my story, stand on my story, to be in that space. How did your life change when you learned how to own and stand on your story? Ooh, that's a good question. I, so my story was always, I don't, I just don't have a mom. Like I'm not good enough because I don't have a mom. I didn't have my mom to do this. And I was definitely an outsider growing up because there weren't any other like children in my school that had lost parents. So I always felt like an outsider. And then it wasn't until I, it's funny, started competing in fitness competitions where I felt more of a sense of community. And I would say like there, that started changing my mindset on things that like you can be in in communities of people who are going through similar things. But I'd say like it really started shifting for me. I'm like, when did I start talking more about it? Was it competing? Honestly, it was when I worked at Lululemon. Mm -hmm. It was competing and then competing led to Lululemon. What I did value about the company at the time was that they were really transparent and people did want to know your stories. And I think it wasn't until that point, like I really started sharing it more and realized that so many other people have different stories and, and that's what makes me um, unique. And the more I started speaking up about it on social media, so many more people resonated and reached out to me. I, I love how you have done that and how you have shared that and shared your story. Like I love seeing people really embrace who they are, not hide it, share their yeah. story online. And I just, I've seen you do that. And I've seen the outpouring of support and love. So many. And 
you know, it's wild. Like I've had this idea too, that I want to hold like a group hypnosis for like mother's day or around mother's day for like people that have like lost their moms or children or like, or like something like that in order to like give back to that group because I can like resonate with them. So there's the idea that just dropped and I love it. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, so grateful to have this time with you today and to share you with my audience because I just absolutely adore you and I'm grateful for our connection. Oh my God, me too. And it's, it's so funny. I go back to what you said at the beginning. I was like, wow, we, yeah, we still haven't met in person. It's crazy. Some of the most, like, I, I keep going back to that. How many people I know in this online space and I've never met in person. I love it. I love it. Wild. One day I have somebody even local to me and I did something with her a couple of weeks ago. And when she had introduced me, she was like, so we've never met in person. And I was like, oh my God, we haven't. She said, no, it's all been virtual. And I was like, this is wild, but it's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. It's a reminder for anybody who's listening. There are people everywhere. Like if you are open, I say it all the time. If you are open, you will find and connect with the people that can impact, support, serve you. You can do the same with them. They're everywhere. Literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.